plastic pollution, deforestation, global warming. Sometimes it feels like there's just nothing we can do as individuals about our environmental crisis. But at the Oath Project, we believe that small acts, when done collectively, can create massive impacts. That's why we created this podcast, to share the stories of the individuals who are doing just that, one act at a time, to help the Earth. And hey, who knows, maybe after this episode, you'll be inspired to, as we call it, hashtag take the oath and commit to doing just one act at a time. Now on with the episode. Hello, and welcome back to One Act at a Time, Stories of Change. I'm your host, Cheryl, and today I'm joining you from Treaty 7 territory in Alberta, which is the traditional territory of the Blackfoot nations, including Siksika, Pikani, Kainai, the Sutina Nation, and Stony Nakoda First Nations. I acknowledge and appreciate all the many First Nations, Métis, and Inuit whose footsteps have marked these lands for centuries. And back as co-host for this episode is Sam Sharp, past host of the pod, who now studies political science at Dalhousie. It's great to have you back, Sam. Hi, folks. My name is Sam. Um, I'm so glad to be back here on the Oak podcast again. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, looking forward to it. Our theme this month is political action on climate, where we will discuss the needed link between climate action dreams and realities made possible with Canada's political system. And our guest today is here to tell us all about engagement in politics from an environmental perspective, Coco Wong of Greenpack. Coco is part of an incredible team at Greenpack, which is Canada's only nonpartisan nonprofit organization, which works to build environmental leadership and government action on the environment. Welcome, Coco. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? Good, how are you? Nice to meet you all in person and in camera. <laughs> yeah, it's really nice to meet you too. Well, I'm glad to, to finally meet you both. And thank you so much for doing this podcast. It's, it's, it's really awesome. It's so nice to have you on. So Coco, let's talk about the importance of political engagement regarding our environment. We see so many positive grassroots organizations and nonprofits and individual people pushing for a healthier planet. So why is it so important to get engaged at the political level to make a positive change for our environment? Basically, why should the general public care about environmental politics? I think it's a really hard question to answer, but the summit director, Brittany Stairs, um, puts it really well. Um, She said that, you know, every year we encounter countless people who recognize that there's a huge disconnect between the kind of change they want in the world and the progress that's actually happening. And politics is that missing piece, especially environmental leadership in politics. And it doesn't really matter what issue that you care about particularly, and it doesn't matter where and how you want to make a difference. Politics is always there as an avenue. And Some of us may not like that, but we really need to engage with politics so we know how to navigate it and how to shape it um, and where necessary and how to change it completely. And uh, from um, my perspective, I also want to add that it's especially important for more young people like us to get involved in formal politics. Um, A lot of research has shown that, you know, young folks are the most engaging demographic in taking advocacy actions like signing petitions, raising awareness on issues, and particularly in climate change and other environmental issues. But 
the reality is that young people have the lowest rate of voting in elections and have little political knowledge in general um, compared to other generations. And to transform that energy and will for change in us, I think understanding and entering foreign politics is really crucial for our generation to push for the real changes we need. Coco, yeah, you mentioned the importance of especially youth engaging in politics. And and that's something that's been on my mind. Like we see people who either disengage from politics or just have never engaged with politics before. And you mentioned voter turnout rate not being great. And I know in our last federal election, voter turnout in total was at 62.5%, which means over one in three eligible people didn't even cast their ballot. So I, yeah, I really like that you're touching on that, just the importance of engagement. And so the question that I have for you is about Green Pack and in what ways does Green Pack try to engage folks in politics from, you know, getting out to vote in the first place to becoming even more deeply involved in environmental politics? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, in terms of getting more people engaged in politics and especially voting, there are actually a lot of other great organizations that, that do that, especially in Canada. And uh, we'll be partnering with them for the summit. But in terms of Green Pack, our angle is more in the environmental side of, of leadership. So I would say that one of the most relevant uh, programs that we run for young people and getting into uh, politics is the parliamentary internship for the environment program. It's a really good program that provides the opportunity for emerging environmental leaders to gain that firsthand work and learning experience on parliamentary hills by pairing them up with elected officials who are environmental champions. And it also boosts the environmental capacity and literacy of the MP offices. But other than that, we're the only nonpartisan and nonprofit working to build environmental leadership and uh, government action on the environment. And two other things that we do, one is the endorsements during elections, which we ran in the last federal election, where we identify and endorse the environmental leaders across all the major parties who are running for office. And it really helps voters to understand like who has a proven track record on the environment and also help folks to, you know, who want to volunteer or want to get involved in supporting these candidates, figure out how to direct their support. And uh, we've run a few successful endorsement campaigns in the past across federal and provincial elections. And another thing we we do is what we talked about in the last podcast episode, which is the debates projects and the everyday advocate program, where we, you know, increase the capacity of ordinary Canadians like you and me to engage with their elected officials on the environmental issues through town halls and candidate debates. That just really helps to keep environment a priority for all the parties and, you know, act in a way to hold elected officials accountable during elections and year round. And if uh, if people want to see Green Pack's endorsements for potentially elected officials, uh, where can they find that? Is that on your website? Yes. So if you just go on our website, there's one of the tabs is the projects or programs you run and endorsement campaigns is part of that. And uh, also on our social media, we post about the, the candidates that we endorse and also whether they were elected or not elected after the results come out. Oh, awesome. 
So another way that people might be interested to learn more and get involved in environmental politics is to attend Green Path's FLIP Summit coming up at the end of January. So can you tell us a little bit about the summit and what is it all about and let us know. Absolutely. My pleasure. First of all, it's going to be happening on January 22nd on Saturday. So it's coming up soon. And the FLIP Summit, it stands for Future Leaders in Politics. It's a full day online event for aspiring change makers on environmental issues. And it's actually a really unique event that focuses on the role of politics on environmental issues in Canada and on the ways that we can better engage with or even shift politics to accelerate environmental progress. And the day is filled with really great all-star guest speakers and panelists and as well as networking opportunities. And for this year's theme, we decided to focus on breaking political barriers for environmental progress. And we chose this theme because there are so many barriers that still exist for environmental change makers to enter or even engage in politics. So we believe that, you know, focusing on these barriers will make the conversations more impactful and fruitful. And it will be hosted on GatherTown. It's a really cool tool if you haven't experienced before. I know whether if you're a student taking online class or working remotely with Zoom meetings, like the Zoom fatigue is real. So, um, you know, attending virtual conferences too myself, I, I know that like I'm not alone in walking away from a workshop wishing I had a chance to like actually connect with someone, whether it's the speakers, the other attendees. So really want to make sure that's a fun and interactive platform that comes as close as possible to recreating that in-person experience. So last year's summit, we used Gather, and uh, this year we'll be using that again to make sure attendees can connect and mingle with other immersion change makers. And the summit is really for everyone, but definitely has a lot of tremendous value for young, aspiring folks who want to get into environmental change and uh, politics. And we have actually some youth-focused sessions this year, and some of the biggest names in youth environmental leadership are involved. So Youth Climate Lab, Sustainable Youth Canada, Future Majority, and Oath Project yourselves. And we are breaking the sessions into two streams, so it's a bit more focused. One will be geared at advocates who have more experience you know, with grassroots action, who want to get a better handle on how politics works. And the second is for people who are already kind of engaged and familiar with politics, but want to get a better sense of that lesser understood interplace between politics and environment. Um, but this is really a unique event. Awesome. You touched on a few things there that I want to follow up on, particularly around. So it sounds like it is more focused toward youth, but let's say you know, somebody that I know, let's say a parent of mine wants to get more involved in environmental politics and just might not know where to start. Could this be something that'd be appropriate for them as well? Yeah, totally. I mean, I think it's really helpful for anyone who's not inside, you know, working inside politics, because I think there's just so many things going on uh, behind doors in, in politics that we can't see. I think the most that we can uh, understand in how Canadian politics works is during elections, right? You know, the party platforms and you're electing the person who gets into office. But after that, like, like what's going on? <laughs> there's, there's acts coming out, but then like, you don't know what committees are formed and how party dynamics play. And there's just so many elements that we think uh, would be really helpful for people to understand so they can, you know, 
direct their efforts better. Say you understand better how provincial politics is different than federal. So in the next time when you try to advocate for an issue that you really care about, for example, it's transportation. And if you recognize that it's more of a provincial issue and the different avenues that you could get into advocating for, you you will be you know more efficient and, and have better impact with your actions. Yeah, that's awesome. Honestly, like you mentioned, Oath is going to be uh, presenting a booth at the summit, but the way that you talk about it and the way that you just described it, it makes me want to come as a participant. Oh, awesome. <laughs> like you said, it, it can be kind of like a, a black box at times where yeah. we were asked to engage once every, what, four years yeah. on the federal level, you know, but then that vote is really the first step of engagement and there's so much more to happen after that. But I think it, it sounds like it's going to be a really, really informative summit for anybody who's even at all curious about this kind of thing. Totally. And if I could add to, you know, it's the timing of everything too. Like uh, we just came out of COP26 last year and go into a big biodiversity summits within next year and some big elections coming up provincially and municipally across the country and the fourth wave of COVID, you know, it's really putting a lot of focus on the importance of science in decision-making and politics. So I think this is um, a really critical time for us to have discussions like this. Right, definitely. Yeah, we're uh, at an intersection of a lot of really important and wild things right now. Uh, something else that you mentioned is that you have an all-star lineup of speakers. Uh, and I know last year, that was certainly true. You had uh, MP Elizabeth May and the Minister of Environment, Ontario, John Wilkinson. So this year, can you give us a bit of a teaser? Who can we look forward to hearing from at the summit? Absolutely. My pleasure. Well, to start with, we have Dr. Amita Kutner, the interim leader of the Green Party Canada, who will be giving a lunchtime keynote. Um, they will also be participating in a Getting Science Through a Politics uh, panel. And we'll also have Lisa Wright, the former CPC uh, deputy leader, and Lori Edlot, the um, Nunavut MP, as well as the first Ontario Green MP, Mike Morris um, from Kitchener Centre. And we also have Don uh, Iveson, who is the former Edmonton mayor. And Alison Gu, who is the youngest Burnaby councillor uh, ever elected. And she also participated in the parliamentary internship for environment at Green Pot Health. And also MP Dan Albus, the shadow critic for the environment. So that, I think that's a pretty good list to start. But, you know, we have speakers from across the country and across the political spectrum and have a really great list of partner organizations as well, such as Fair Vote Canada evidence for democracy and youth climate lab. Amazing. That all sounds so good. Yeah. Like uh, one of the things I think that happens a lot with conferences is there's just like this great collection of energy and ideas and all of these people coming together to really uh, make an impact. And I think just as another topic of conversation here, sometimes the energy that we find at a lot of these events can fizzle out a bit over time. It gets really great when the conference is happening and immediately after but then after it sort of fizzles out a little bit, a lot of the ideas that come together, this was even a concern with previous, you know, international summits. So what sort of key takeaways and calls to action can we expect from the FLIP summit? And how is it going to continue to engage people in politics beyond the actual summit? 
That's a great question. I think a lot of conference hosts struggle with that, you know, because during the conference, the the, the energy is so high, but it's hard to follow up with that. And I think our panel sessions were this year were really intentional in terms of making the the sessions more specific on the issues that we're touching on and making sure that there's always call to actions and there's also advice from the panelists for for attendees. So we'll be, you know, I think the attendees will greatly benefit from the insights from those political insiders and those who are actively working in politics. For example, there will be a panel on running for office. So we want the audience to learn about the success and the lessons from environmental champions who ran for elections themselves. And we're also hosting a panel on electoral reform and how it will impact environmental progress. And I think these conversations are rarely had in public. So if someone's interested in running for office and in the future we're working in politics, those insights could be really helpful. And maybe that guiding element or that next step for them to get into those incredible opportunities um, to make a difference. And another aspect of Summit that I think will be really rewarding and unique is the facilitated networking portion. As you know, virtual networking is really awkward and filled with surface level conversations. And it's hard, right, to make a in-depth like connection when you're just meeting someone, especially online. But we created a segment in the agenda where folks can enter a virtual lounge on Gather and walk to a table with a prompt or a subject that they're interested in. And we will also be collaborating with youth from partner organizations who will be leading the dialogues and making sure that everyone can participate and walk away with meaningful conversations and connections. And after the the conference, we also have a Slack channel for the Everyday Advocate program. And we encourage folks to join in and continue to, you know, find ways that they can advocate in their own communities. And for young folks who are interested, they can also apply for our parliamentary internship for the environment program, which we'll be recruiting in the next year. Amazing. Coco, this all sounds wonderful. Like all of this sounds so great. I'm so excited that this is a thing that is happening. It's so cool. Um, And I'm sure our current listeners are also thinking the same thing. And as a special benefit to our listeners, I hear you also have a promotion for them to join the conference at a discounted rate. How can folks take advantage of this? Well, we really want the summit to be a low cost event and especially for our youth audience. So we offer the general mission at $12 and a 50% discount code for the listeners and followers of the Oath Project. And the discount code is all caps, no space, friends of Green Pack. So if you go on the Eventbrite link and when you check out, just enter the promo code, you should be able to get that percentage off. And um, if, you know, if you still need accommodation, we offer free tickets to those as well. So just let us know and email us and we're happy to accommodate. Awesome. And that email for more information about the subsidized tickets is info at greenpack.ca. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. And... Where can folks register for the event? And when does registration close? We have the event registration hosted on Eventbrite. And you can also go through by bit.ly. So it's bit.ly slash GP flip 2022. 
It's also all on our social media channels. So if you just search Green Pack on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn, we are doing a massive promote on Flip. So you'll be able to find the link, no problem. But we closed the registration the day before, so on the 21st. But we recommend you for sure to register as early as possible. So, you know, you can get your foot in before the space runs out. Awesome. And just to close up here, Coco, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us and our listeners about the FLIP Summit itself, about folks engaging in environmental politics or anything else at all? I, I think just on a personal note, I wish a, a summit like this would, would be available when I was in university because I've been involved in politics by volunteering and during high school and university, but I never thought you know, politics is like a real avenue for me to get into because I thought you have to like run a campaign and be a candidate. And that's the only way you can get engaged in politics and make a difference. And it's super daunting, right, to, to anyone who's not that perfect candidate politician. But honestly, after even planning and getting involved in uh, with Green Pack and planning Flip, I've learned that there's just so many avenues where you can get engaged and make, make a difference. And that's really in the end like the main message we want to send to the attendees is that like there's so much to do out there and it's just really about how to do it and we really hope that this summit will bring that forward for folks who need a bit more answers on how they can make a you know more difference in environment and uh in politics so yeah, I hope that more young people are attending this year, and I hope that it's a very fruitful and impactful um, summit for all. Thank you. Yeah, it sounds like people can look forward to learning a ton, getting really energized, and very importantly, keeping that energy and knowing what to do with it after the summit. So I think that's so exciting, and it's awesome that you could come join us today and tell us a little bit more about the summit. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of One Act at a Time, Stories of Change. We would love to hear your thoughts on Instagram or Facebook at Take the Oath. And to learn more about the Oath Project or to nominate someone for this podcast, visit oneactatatime.org. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe and share it with your community so that we can inspire more people to hashtag Take the Oath. That's it from us, and we will see you on the next episode.